I just remember lying there wishing that somebody could just like miraculously make everything like rewind or disappear or hello and welcome to the feminine as fuck podcast i'm your host monica yates a period and icf certified women's life coach and i help women to harness the power of their period and connect to their feminine flow in these episodes we will be talking about all things periods hormones confidence health food money sex business feminine flow your brain energy and all the stuff that goes through our heads you will walk away from each episode with new chicken nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are thinking but too afraid to say. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. So, this has been a podcast episode a long time coming. I do have a video on YouTube about my ski accident, um, but that was before my third surgery. And so now that it is all hunky-dory and I'm about to go test the knee for the first time back on the mountain... It's fitting that I do a podcast episode and like I actually couldn't bother sitting in front of a camera and recording a video. And now that my podcast is like doing so well, I just thought I'd do it on here. So hopefully I get the whole story in chronological order, but knowing me, I'll probably skip things and then I have to go back and, and whatnot. So stick with me. Um, and I hope that it kind of answers some of your questions because I know that I mention it a lot being like, oh, my ski accident, my ski accident. And, you know, we are inquisitive beings and we, people don't want to ask what happened, but at the same time, we all want to know. I totally get that because I'm the fucking same. So here it is. And before we even jump in, quick reminder, ladies, the certification starts in April for 18 months. It's so fucking in depth. Like, like try and find another certification as in depth as this one. You won't be able to. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, check that out. The mastermind intake is starting January. If you haven't checked that, that out, I would also check that out if you're interested. Same with Baba, which is my feminine business coaching program as well. All these programs, ladies, are live. They're not pre-recorded. Witch Room Wisdom is pre-recorded and it's going to be finishing the, the, um, the, uh, what's it called? Enrollment is closing in like two days. Um, so if you haven't gotten to Witch Room Wisdom, I would jump on that because I'm not going to be opening it until like the middle of the year again, maybe. Um, that is pre-recorded, but everything, all the other programs that I do, the Mastermind, Baba and Certification, it is majority live. The certification, the modules are recorded, but then we have live, uh, calls every fortnight. So plenty of live time with me um, because I really believe that's how you can get the greatest transformation is doing live shit um, on Zoom. And then obviously, oh my gosh, obviously then we also have the fucking New York event in March, which is going to be lit up. Um, so if you haven't bought your tickets for that, make sure that you do. And I decided this morning, um, so if you're listening this in live time, I decided that this morning um, on New Year's Day, so midnight New Year's Day, um, like as in you know, a, a 12 or 1 AM on new year's, uh, mountain time. I'm going to open, um, the early bird prices again for my New York event for pay in full only. So if you, um, missed out on that first chance, then now is your time. It just kind of came through this morning when I was doing my hair and makeup and I was just like, you know what? I really want you guys to be getting your, you know, I really want you all to be starting off the year showing yourself that you respect yourself, you honor yourself and you want the best for yourself. And what is a better way than investing in yourself for your future 
for your future self. Like that's what you're doing. You know, you're healing so that your body, mind, soul can have the greatest experience possible in your human body. Okay, let's jump in. So on Christmas Eve 2017, um, so a couple of years ago, I had a very bad ski accident. Now, before this ski trip, it was a six-week ski trip that I was on. I hadn't gone skiing in about two years because I, um, I'd i been skiing in Whistler to do my ski instructor certification. For any of you that don't actually know that, fun fact, I'm actually a ski instructor, like qualify. I've never actually done – I've never done it because – I've always had surgeries. The first year I went to go do it, I had to have my jaw surgery. Uh, And then the second year I went to go do it, we were on a a family ski trip. And then I obviously had my ski accident. Um, So, so yeah, it was Christmas Eve. Uh, I was so fucking excited to get to Lake Tahoe. We were skiing in Heavenly in Lake Tahoe. Um, I actually didn't like Heavenly. Like the the town was not a vibe. I I didn't vibe with it. It was fucking beautiful to ski. Um, The view was insane because you've got this giant lake and you're ski. It's it's this very weird thing because you've got like a beach and the mountains. It's like, it's one, it's like together. It's, it's funny. And actually I went back a few months later and um, it was snowing and everything, but we drove past a beach. There was literal sand. And then it's like, but it's snow everywhere. It's very weird to see anyway. Um, and so yeah, we were skiing in heavenly. I was so fucking excited. I would not shut up about the ski trip. And, um, it was our, we, it was the second day of being there. We'd skied like, um, one or two hours on the first day of that afternoon. We were so excited. So we just went for like a quick, quick run down the mountain. Um, and I was all fine. And then the next day it was like 11 AM when it happened. And I'd literally just gone up the mountain. I was so excited. It was Christmas Eve. Um, the snow wasn't very good. So a few things, uh, a few things I actually want to say is that I know people, ladies and gentlemen that have skied for like, you know, 50 years. Is that possible? They'd be old, but yeah, that'd be possible. Yeah. Yeah. Actually that would be so possible because you can start skiing when you're like three. So I've known people that have skied for like 50 plus years and never had a ski accident. So don't, and like, this wasn't actually about me being dangerous or that skiing is dangerous. It was actually just like, it was actually, I actually needed it for a lot of things, which you guys will get it. We'll get into in a second. So please don't make this, um, please don't make this, um, like off putting for you in regards to skiing. I love skiing and you know, you can, you're more likely to probably be hit by a car walking down the fucking street to get your groceries than to, to have a bad accident on the mountain. So don't let these things deter you because if you actually want to go ski, go fucking ski, like live your life. Like life's too short. That's why I'm going back. Um, you know, there was a, there was a moment, which I'll get into later. There was a moment, um, around my second surgery where I was like, I'm never fucking skiing again in my life because I do not ever want to go through this again. Um, but then I'm through it and I'm like, no, I'm fucking skiing again. I mean, obviously I'm up the fucking mountain. So, um, as you guys would know, so make sure you're following along on my Instagram stories. Cause I will be skiing for the first time very shortly. Actually, I'll be skiing for the first time. I will have skied the first time this, uh, this, uh, podcast is out and no doubt I'll do like a recap on what that was like moving through that fear. Um, anyway, so it was Christmas Eve and it would have been about 10 30. My sister and I went up the mountain and we were going to meet mum and dad up there. I don't know where my brother was. I don't know where he was. Anyway, I don't think he was, was he with us when it happened? Fuck, I can't even remember. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, anyway, so it was me and my sister and we are both like very avid skiers. Uh, we kind of are like adrenaline junkies. So, um, you know, my parents haven't, they, they didn't start skiing until they were maybe like, I want to say maybe twenties. So, um, they aren't as, I mean, they're, they're really good skiers, but they're not as like, um, what's the word? Uh, like, 
like sharp. I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Anyway, and we obviously have been skiing since we were younger and I'd been trained. So my sister's a really good skier as well. And she's now done her ski instructor course. So we just went off because we wanted to like basically not be slowed down by the old farts. Um, so we went off and we were just going to meet mum and dad. We'd only done, I was kind of pissed, not like drunk pissed, like annoyed pissed. We'd only done one run when we actually ran into mum and dad and they were being slow. And we were coming off one of those like um, those, what are they called? The parts of the mountain where it's flat and you have to go like across the mountain to get to another part of the mountain. Anyway, and we would come off that and, um, and we just said like, we'll meet you down the bottom. And it was, I will say it was very busy. Um, the mountain, there was not much snow. It was a really shit season. There wasn't much snow. So it was quite, um, like icy. It was very, very packed. Um, and it was, it was actually, it was quite dangerous. The mountain shouldn't have had, they shouldn't have let so many people up, right? Because it was Christmas Eve. Everyone was fucking skiing. There was so many people on the mountain, but there wasn't many runs open because it wasn't very much snow. So everybody was on the same run. Like I've never seen a mountain so busy before. Like it was actually kind of weird anyway. And, um, so I was just like skiing down and I, out of the corner, I'm trying to like relive this for a second. So I was skiing down and out of the corner of my eye, I had this like gut feeling of something's really bad about to happen. Like a, like a second, but not a second, like a millisecond before it happened. And I just saw this snowboarder just coming for me and it all happened so fast that I couldn't, I actually think I tried to get out of her way because she was a beginner snowboarder. So she was a beginner and she had, she was about to turn but she didn't. And so she came for me. So if you understand snowboarding, you have to do like these big U's. I mean, as is with skiing as well, but skiing, you can be a little bit like sharper generally. Whereas with snowboarding, you have to do like a big S down the mountain. I actually, I, I know how to snowboard, but I don't do it because I don't like it as much as skiing. And I once I got to like the, the, the blacks, I was like, no, fuck this. I'm off. <laughs> um, and she was about to turn and then she didn't. And she came like straight for me on my right hand side. And, um, and hit me in the side. And I, I mean, I don't obviously know what happened because I wasn't fucking watching it, but, um, I was in it and I obviously fell. Like she hit me and I went fucking flying. Um, but the problem was that my skis, my, my ski boots didn't come out of the bindings on my skis. And it's really funny because my intuition was saying to me a lot, get your bindings checked, get your bindings checked, get your bindings. But before I went skiing and dad had said to me like, no, you're fine. Like they'll be fine. And like, I just believed. I was like, yeah, yeah, they'll be fine. Even though my intuition was really like, you fucking bindings checked Monica. I was like, no, they're fine. I haven't skied for two years. They'll be fine. Like that was, that's a stupid thing to say to yourself. So never say that, please. Um, and my, and because the snow was so sticky as well, my ski got stuck in the snow and my knee just went and just like ripped. And, um, yeah. So when I fell and had this massive collision, my family was about to ski past me. They didn't actually think it was me because it was such a bad accident and they just wouldn't like, that's just never happened to me. And they wouldn't register as me having that sort of accident. Um, and it was really sad because like I hadn't gone skiing in so long and I was so excited anyway. And at first I, when I kind of like came to it, so my skis were still on, which was, is bad for a ski accident that bad. Your skis should be fucking off. Like they should be off. And, um, I, when I kind of came to it, I was in a bit of pain, but not an excruciating amount yet. And I have a very low pain threshold. So I, I was just like, I'm going to be fucking overreacting. I had a bad ski accident when I was in Whistler. We were all, we had it, we done our level one, um, uh, what's it called? Like test or whatever. 
and we'd all passed and we all went out as big group of us because we all lived in the same house together. It was the best, it was the most fun thing I've done in my fucking life. I, if, I, if I could go do it again, I would. Um, and we'd all gone skiing and we were, it was Whistler and the snow again wasn't that good that year. And um, we went off piece, but it was it was, it was a run, but it was an off-piece run, if that makes sense. If you know skiing, it's like it wasn't taped off. You're allowed to ski it. But it was so icy, and there were these massive fucking mo- moguls and trees, and it was horrendous. Anyway, my boyfriend at the time was with me, and I don't know, we were not thinking, and he was like, take your skis off and slide down because my skis kept getting stuck between these massive, sh- like, bits of, like, these massive rocks and ice and whatnot. And so he took my skis off me. This is, I'm not blaming him. He took my skis off me and I started to slide and I couldn't stop. And I actually went straight into a tree and I was actually going head first. And by some grace of God, I flipped myself around. I went foot first and I had my ski boots on, obviously. And I actually put my foot straight into a tree and it like, obviously the shock waves or whatever went straight up my leg. And I damaged my other knee, my right knee, but quite badly, but I was fine. And then he came flying down afterwards. Cause obviously I was like screaming in this ditch around this fucking tree and all the people in the house like there was quite there was more guys and girls they all just came like flying down like fuck and everyone was like stuck in trees and everything it was bad um one girl got concussion three times anyway and ed the boy my boyfriend at the time um like came flying down and he couldn't stop either and he didn't have his skis on it was just all fucking stupid don't do this at home and he actually got his arms stuck in the same tree and it slit his whole wrist open. So he had to get all these stitches. And when the, when the um, snow patrol came to find us and get us, they actually couldn't get to us because that's how bad the run was. We had to slide down. I think one of the, one of the guys like hiked up to me and then he helped me slide down and there were quite a few men like with me. So it was fine. Um, but it was, it was obviously like, it hurt a lot worse. That, that ski accident hurt so much worse than what it was. Um, I mean, obviously, which is good that it wasn't that bad, but here am I lying in like, here am I back in Lake Tahoe. Um, my knee's actually been fucking destroyed and I'm thinking to myself, I'm just overreacting. I've probably sprained my knee. I'll be fine. And then, so I went to like, kind of get up and like move and the pain, I have never experienced anything so fucking excruciating in my life. I actually thought that I was going to die. I thought that from this amount of pain, this is where you would pass out. But I didn't pass out. I was still well and truly fucking alive. Um, so that was really, really fucking crazy. And then they obviously got snow patrol. And I remember just saying to my dad, I'm so sorry. And he was like, why? And I'm like, because I ruined the holiday now. Um, and I'm like, you haven't fucking ruined the holiday. He was like, yeah, I haven't fucking ruined the holiday. Oh, it's 11, 11. Um, but you know, I was like, no, I fucking have. Cause like my knee, like, I hope I haven't broken it kind of thing is what's going through my head. Right. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's like, please stop being sorry. Like you're fine. And, um, and you know, then kind of dad was like, you know, you probably just like dislocated your knee, pop it back in. You'll be good in a week's time. And I was like, that's so true. I probably dislocated it. You know, I'll have a bit of time off and then I'll be back on the mountain because we've got a long fucking ski trip ahead of us. Let's remember this is the second day of a six week fucking ski holiday. Um, anyway, and, uh, it was really funny actually, cause the night before, um, the night before this happened, I was speaking to my boyfriend on the phone and he was going to a festival. I don't know what festival it was. And he wasn't going to have any internet. And I said to him like, uh, no, not, uh, sorry, no phone reception. And I said to him like, what if something happens and I can't reach you? And he was like, Monica, nothing's going to happen. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I let it go. And it was like, I fucking manifested it basically. Um, 
at this point in time, let's remember, ladies, also, I wasn't fully in my feminine and I was I was pushing, right? I was I, had, I saw this anger in me and I was constantly frustrated and pushing, but it was so deep down I didn't even know. I was still in this masculine, even though I was thinking I was like, I was, I was definitely trying to be more feminine, um, but I was still very much in this like masculine armor. Um, and, you know, I did this to my the left side, so my left leg, and that's your feminine side. Um, so anyway, the ski patrol came, they fucking gave me oxygen. I was like, what the fuck is this going to do? Give me some red fucking whistle. Oh yeah. And like two weeks before this, I'd been in hospital for Quincy and Quincy, uh, 2017 was a fucking hell of a year. Um, Quincy is basically when you get tonsillitis and it gets so bad that it starts to like your tonsils get so swollen and full of pus is what they get full of fluid. They get so swollen that you, it starts to close your like throat off. So you can't breathe. And I had to go to hospital for it and, um, they had to drain my tonsils and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever experienced in my fucking life. Anyway, so I was lying on this mountain with fucking oxygen, like what the hell? And, you know, they said to me like, did you hear something tear? And I was like, no, no, no. I've probably just fucking sprained it. And I, I kind of knew like, I, I surely have not sprained it. This is out of control. And, um, because I hadn't heard anything tear, I was like, I'm fine. Um, I was not fine. Anyway, then they obviously brought like one of those boards or whatever it is, and they tried to get me into it. But the problem was that, so what I actually had done was I ripped my, my ACL ripped a chunk of bone, like a big chunk of bone, probably like the size of like your fist, a chunk of bone off my tibia, which is like your shin bone. Um, it ripped a chunk off my tibia plateau. And then I had a partial tear in my MCL. And then I'd, um, and then, hello, wait, there's like a, there's a, there's a flow to it. My ACL ripped off a chunk of my tibia. I tore my MCL. Um, my ACL was detached. I had a fluid pocket, enamel damage and cartilage damage. There was bits of bone like shattered all through my knee. Um, so it was quite an extensive surgery anyway, whatever. So basically that had happened, right? Now, because that had happened, um, and my ACL was like fucking hanging by a thread, my bone was broken and my MCL had torn and all this other shit. Um, even with the slightest movement, the pain was so fucking excruciating. I actually wanted to die. Like I actually remember looking up, this is kind of making me a bit emotional. I was actually remember looking up at the sky and wishing that there was a helicopter above it, just coming to take all of my pain away and just whisk me away. I did not want to get down the mountain because I knew that I was going to have to get down the mountain and we were very high up and I'd been on one of those sleds before and they are the worst things going down the mountain. They are so uncomfortable. They look fun. They are not fucking fun. Um, and I did not want to have to get in that and get down the mountain. I wanted a helicopter to come and pick me up and like knock me the fuck out. So I didn't have to feel anything and just wake up when everything was better which obviously did not happen. So, um, you know, every time that they like try and move me a little bit to get me on this thing, the pain was so out of control because even like a millimeter of movement from my ski boot, the problem was that my ski boot was so fucking heavy. Like ski boots weigh a ton. They're so heavy. They put, it was pulling on my left leg. Like it was pulling on all of this pain in my leg. And anyway, um, they eventually, I don't even remember how, this is all kind of a, bit of a blur. They eventually got me into this, the sled thing, Bob, and got me down the mountain. And I actually, I remember, oh, this is where I, I'd, I'd started doing the work, right? Like the work, for want of a better word. So I was aware of, you know, placebo. I was aware of energy. I was aware of telling your brain what you wanted to hear and all that sort of stuff. I wasn't fully into my feminine, but I was really getting into it. And I was very aware of this like neuroscience. I was, I was at this 
this point in time, I was trying to understand neuroscience so that I could then believe in the woo-woo. Um, or not believe, but I could then like understand it because the woo-woo is science. Anyway, and, um, and so at this point, I was actually telling myself like that I was feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm happy. And actually, I know I shouldn't say no pain, but I was, I kept saying to myself, I'm not in any pain. I'm not in any pain. And I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And I kept saying to myself again and again and again, and really believing it and feeling into it. And the doctors kept looking at me like, sorry, like the, the, whatever the ski patrol people kind of were like, oh, you're fine. And I'm like, no, no, I'm fucking not fine. But I'm telling myself this. And the nurses that it took them a while to catch on. And when I would say to myself, like, I feel good. Oh, I feel so good. They'd be like, oh, and I'm like, no, I don't feel fucking good. Give me the drugs. Um, anyway, so we finally got into the thingy and my mum was skiing behind them. And I just kept saying to myself, like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just kept like calming myself down. And when we eventually got down the bottom of the mountain, um, it was hell getting there. But when we eventually got down the bottom of the mountain, an ambulance was waiting for us. And they had to lift me. I was lying on my side at this point as well because I couldn't lie on my back. Um, you'd understand why if you saw the state of my knee. So I was lying on my side, which was really uncomfortable as well. Um, and then once I got onto the bed of the ambulance thingy, well, as they were lifting me onto the bed, my left leg was on top. So I was lying on my right-hand side and my my boot just moved a millimeter because, like, obviously they're, like – they're like fucking trying to get me out of bed and my boots started to move and the screaming that came out of me was like I there was like a restaurant there and they're like what the fuck is happening and like it like China like you guys probably heard it like you probably heard that scream New Year's Eve 2017 Christmas sorry Christmas Eve 2017 Christmas Day Australia time um anyway and it was out of control the pain like I I can't I actually can't even fucking explain it so, and they, I kept saying to them, like, fix my foot, like, fix my fucking foot. And, like, everyone was like, you're not moving. Like, nothing's moving because you couldn't see it with your eye that my boot had moved, like, that my foot had moved, but it had fucking moved. Then we got into the ambulance and I've always, there's always fucking hot dudes, right, when you don't want there to be hot dudes. And it was like, hot everyone. I'm like, fuck. All men, they were all delicious. And because I'd been in a hospital with Quincy, I had to go on steroids for that. And I, it made me really puffy. And I didn't want to go on steroids again. Um, but they were trying to like give me all these drugs and I was like, no. And I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And my mom was just like, give her fucking something. Cause it was going to be quite a bumpy ride to get to the hospital. And they were like, yo, you fucking need something. So they gave me morphine or whatever, whatever, whichever one doesn't have steroids. They gave that to me. Um, and then we got to the ambulance, we got to the hospital and they brought me into the emergency room. Um, and this is the best bit. So we get there and they wanted to cut my ski clothes off me, but I'd this, I was wearing sweaty Betty thermals and, um, I'd only worn them like for a couple of hours. So I actually said to them, like, you are not allowed to cut these thermals off me. You have to get them off. So they just basically drugged me up like no one's business. And they took my ski boots off. I don't even know how they did that. I can't even remember it. And they took my clothes off, like my pants off so they could see my knee. And yeah, my knee did not look good. So then they took me for an x-ray and the x-ray guy isn't actually allowed to tell you what's going on because they aren't, they aren't allowed to read it or they don't know how to read the scans or something rather. I don't know. And, um, I was looking at the guy again, fucking hot. And he did this, the x-rays and I could just see his face like change color. And then I was like, oh my God, what is it? And he was like, um, you, like you have very badly 
broken your knee in a lot of ways. And I was just, I just remember bawling my eyes out, just bawling. And he was like, you are going to need surgery. And I just, oh my God, even just saying this now, I was fucking hysterical. Anyway, the best bit also is that I was telling myself, nope, I'll heal it with my fucking mind. Guys, there's a place for fucking Western medicine. So then they got the surgeon in again. He was cute. Got the surgeon in um, on New Year's Eve, like, you've got a fucking case. And I'm this, like, fucking crack job being like, nope, I'm going to heal it with my mind. And he kept saying to me, like, he was showing me what was happening. They did CT scans and whatnot just to show the extent. They actually didn't know the extent of the damage until they went into the, into the surgery. Um, and they actually, he said to me, like, you actually might need quite a few surgeries for the, for like, just for this first bit, right? The second surgery, the, the second or third surgery, the surgery that I had to have, that, they, that was like unplanned, right? Um, so he told me I needed surgery and I kept saying, no, 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 I'm going to heal it with my mind, like blah, blah, blah. And turmeric. And he was like, I'm sorry, but like your mind can't move bones. Like your bone, it's not like a break. Like your bone has come off your bone. It needs to be put back in its place. It's just fucking floating around right now. Um, so, so, you know, that took me a lot to wrap my head around cause I fucking hate surgery and I'd already been through so much surgery wise in regards to other health things that I was, I'd already had like something like seven or eight surgeries in my life. And I was like, no more, like no more, fuck no, fuck no. Um, anyway, then he was like, we have to wait quite a few days for the swelling to go down before I go in there, so you're going to stay in the hospital. And I was devastated because it was Christmas and I wanted a white Christmas. I wanted to be at home and wear my Christmas jumper and have a big turkey. And mum and dad had rented this beautiful house to have a big Christmas in. And anyway, and it was like, it was physically challenging, but I will say that the, like the emotional side of it was fucking horrible, like fucking horrible. Um, and I just remember like lying in the, I remember my, my boyfriend, my mom phoned my boyfriend and he actually had hurt his ankle. So we actually had come home from the ski resort, uh, sorry, the ski resort, his, um, his whatever it's called fucking festival. And he was quite like quite good at trying to like cheer me up and whatnot, but it got to a point as you'll find out later. Um, and yeah, I just, I actually didn't know this, but like my mom and dad would just like cry themselves to sleep because they couldn't they couldn't do anything for me. They would just watch me like, you guys have no idea. Like they had to move me from one hospital bed to another. Oh my God. I'm going to like fucking ball. And the, <sighs> the pain that I was in and it was funny cash 22, right? Because I had just got my period back and I knew, I knew as soon as I had my ski accident, like, well, there goes a fucking period because you know, it's almost this weird thing of like, you, when you're so aware of your body, it can almost do you like so aware of your health and, and stress and hormones and adrenals and whatnot. It can almost do you a disservice in scenarios like this because, um, because, you know what's happening like chemically in your body and you can't do anything about it. Like my mom was just drowning me in lavender. And now every time I smell lavender, I think of the hospital and that's fine because I've seen the massive silver lining out of it. And I, although I don't want to go through it again and I'm never wanting anyone to go through that ever in their life. Um, like I wouldn't be here today without it. So I am grateful in a fucked up way that it happened. Um, anyway, so, oh God, the tears, um, anyway. And so, 
yeah, they had to like move me from one hospital bed to another and the screaming and every time they'd have to like move my leg because it would just be in, my foot would be in so much pain or my hip or something else. It would just be like excruciating. And I just remember, I just remember lying there wishing that somebody could just like miraculously make everything like rewind or disappear or for me to be all of a sudden better anyway the pain was I mean this is how bad the pain was the pain was so excruciating that I actually asked to have the surgery earlier because I I knew that at least that pain would be a healing pain of like I'm 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 healing I'm not you know my body isn't like trying to do something that it that might like I'm not my body isn't in like a worse pain that makes sense I, I don't just you know what I mean anyway so they gave me, they had this, I had the surgery earlier and it was a seven and a half hour surgery and they had to have three surgeons. And like, if there's anywhere to do a ski accident, it was this place because the, my primary surgeon, Jeff, he, um, he was actually the surgeon of the American ski team. So he really knew what he was doing. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better sur- surgeon and he's been amazing this whole time. I need to send him an email actually. I need to send him a video of my first time skiing. Um, in my in my James Bond ski outfit. Actually, when when I was going for a checkup, he's he doesn't. I was a princess compared to most of his patients. Like most of his patients, these really hardcore dudes that are like crazy ski and mountain bike people. And I was like, like oh my god, I don't want to see stitches. Like fucking hyperventilating at the thought of stitches. And um, my dad said to me, like, when you're all better, you need to. And there was the, every every like like a lot of his patients had sent him these framed pictures saying with like them riding on it saying like thank you so much and a picture of them doing like skiing or their mountain biking and my dad said like you need to send him a picture doing like the complete opposite I should send him a really bougie picture of me like skiing in my ski outfit um like somewhere really fucking fancy anyway um so yeah I got the surgery earlier and he actually had to bring in his dad which is another he was also the surgeon for the American ski team Jeff's dad and then there was another surgeon as well and um my mum was really worried during it they thought it was going to be a short surgery but they didn't realize the extent of the damage when they were in there they had to like pull my nerve out they had to cut my muscle off my bone um it was pretty intense to say the least and um, my mum said to me after that she kept asking the nurses, like, where is my daughter? Like, where, like, why is it taking so long? And the nurses kept just being like, I don't know why it's taking so long. Like, we don't know. Um, which would have been really hard for my mum. I can't even imagine. And we had Christmas in the hospital as well. You probably would have seen the picture on my, um, on my Instagram. Um, dad brought in the turkey and the plates and, and uh, not the plates, the, the veggies. Um, it was, it was really nice. Uh, it was definitely not the Christmas we had planned on. Anyway, so I had my surgery and then it was a long healing road after that. I remember my dad sitting down with my brother and my sister in the hospital after my surgery, just kind of saying like, do you want to continue the ski trip or do you want to go home? I was obviously like, I couldn't ski. And, um, and I said to them, like, no, I want to continue it because the idea of sitting at home in Melbourne, being able to do nothing was worse than at least being able to sit, you know, in a, in a beautiful hotel lobby, watching the snowfall and reading books and, and being in like my favorite place in the world. So, um, so we stayed, we stayed on the ski trip obviously. And, um, that was really fucking challenging. My parents had to like rotate who was sleeping with me. I couldn't, 
take myself to the bathroom. I couldn't get myself a glass of water. I couldn't make my own food. I mean, the most, the most dehumanizing part of it all was not being able to wipe my own ass when I took a fucking shit. That was the worst part. Um, and not even being able to like shower myself and having to ask for a shower. I was always so frustrated because I couldn't do anything. And I remember my boyfriend at the time just being like, he like basically like long story short with that, he had plenty of his own like mummy, plenty mummy fucking issues to deal with. Um, and looking back, I can now see them, but at the time I couldn't. Um, and, uh, we, we had, we'd broken up and gotten together like multiple times and we'd gotten together again. And even though I was away and I, you know, we made like some rules of whilst I was away of like talking rules and whatnot, but obviously I had a fucking ski accident and I was on the most extensive list of medication I've ever seen in my fucking life. Like I wasn't, it wasn't me on like, like I wasn't there. Like I, like I looked like I was there, but I was not fucking there. Um, anyway, had so, um, so, uh, I remember him like complaining that I wasn't talking to him enough and whatnot, but I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was like, I was like depressed. I was angry. I was just, I didn't know what to feel. I was so sad because I just wanted to go fucking ski and I wasn't even, it wasn't even about that majority of the time. It was that I felt like I was being a burden on my family because someone would always have to come back. Like mom or dad would go out for skiing for a few hours and then they would, and this is once, this was like three or like two or three weeks after I got out of hospital. Once I was like, um, once I was in a little bit of a better frame of mind, um, you know, and I could, and I could like, I couldn't even, I couldn't take myself to the bathroom at this point, but like I was a little bit better and we were in Beaver Creek at this point and, um, and like mum and dad would go out skiing for a few hours and then one of them would come home and then like get me water and make me lunch and or breakfast and, um, take me to the bathroom and that sort of stuff. And then they'd go back out again. And it was just like really challenging. Um, and it wasn't as challenging for me. It was challenging for my whole family. And, um, and like seeing someone in that much like fucking pain is shit. But, um, one of the most beautiful things that, I, that I'll never forget, and I use it all the time with my coaching clients, and I've said it to you guys before, probably on the podcast, was I was sitting in the hotel one day in the lobby, and I had gotten to a point where I could now take myself very short distances um, to the bathroom if I needed to go. So I was sitting in the hotel lobby. Mom and dad left me there, and they'd gone skiing with my brother and sister. And um, I was trying to get myself to the bathroom, and I was really struggling, and I really had to go to the bathroom, and I was in a lot of pain. Um, cause every time I'd stand up, like all the blood would rush down to my knee and it was just like not good news. Um, and this lady came up to me and she was like, can I help you? And I said, yes. And she was Australian and I will never fucking forget her. Um, and, and you know, she went to the bathroom and then we were sitting down and talking afterwards. And she said to me like her husband had slowly been dying for like 20 years or something or other. And she's got two little boys. And it was, I want to say it was MS or something where your body just slowly breaks down. I can't remember the name. And I said to her like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I should not be complaining about, and I should not be like complaining about what I'm going through. And she said to me like, you have every right to complain about what you're going through because it's a change of your reality. Um, and that has stuck with me like forever. You know, I feel like a lot of people these days, it's like, I, they say to themselves, I don't have, I mean, I don't have a place to complain. I don't need help. I'm fine. There's people worse off than me. Um, there's people that are dying from cancer or people that can't afford food. If there's a change in a reality, you have a right to complain because you're not used to it. So it's a change. Um, 
anyway, and um, so then what else? So then I, that happened. Yeah. So um, we had to like hire two cars for everything because I had to like lie on the whole back seat of the car with my leg up and it was very challenging. Um, so my boyfriend and I broke up because I wasn't texting him enough and um, that just made me see his true fucking colors. And I wasn't, I was like, I wasn't even that upset. I was actually just more fucking angry and just like pissed. Um, and I was just like, whatever. Um, and then, and then what happens? We had a Beaver Creek and then, um, and then we came home and fuck me, that flight home was horrendous. Um, my insurance had gotten me an upgrade to business class with my mum, which was really nice. Uh, but even still the business class seats at Virgin, they don't go like completely flat. Like they're still a little bit down. So like that was just not painful. And I was on heavy dose of narcotics. Um, I'd gone off actually my narcotics quite quickly. The, my, my surgeon was very surprised how quickly I'd gotten off them. Um, but I, this is something actually I did learn that I want to share with you guys. So because I was so aware of how bad like those drugs are for you, I kept allowing myself to be in a lot of pain because I didn't want to take drugs and I would just suck it up. And it was actually not good because it created this pathway in my brain where um, I had to go see like a brain dude after like a year after my ski accident because I wouldn't let anybody touch my leg. I couldn't wear jeans. I could, I, I could barely wear pants. Um, if anybody, like if I was um, – you know, like having sex, I'd be so fucking hyper alert about like him hitting my leg or like touching my leg by accident. Um, and it would create this false sense of like pain, like this shooting amount of pain and fear and trembling would come like go through my body, which didn't need to be happening. And it was because like I had created so much stress in my body in regards to my leg that like this pathway had been created. So I will say that if you ever have a ski accident or anything like this before in your life, like, and you need to be on painkillers just fucking take them because I didn't and it was stupid um and I didn't understand actually I didn't understand that uh, now I kind of get it that like you know this the stress of like the stress caused by not taking painkillers is a lot worse than taking the fucking painkiller and dealing with the your liver afterwards because the stress is way worse on your body um Anyway, and so we came home, um, and home was very challenging to say the least. Um, I had to like, I would either stay upstairs for like the whole day or stay downstairs. And I had to, um, slide up and down the stairs on my bum. Um, you know, if my dog jumped on my leg, I'd like fucking get so angry at my dog. And that was not nice because my dogs were just trying to like love me and help me. Um, what else? I was meant to move to Sydney in January and I obviously couldn't because of my ski accident. Um, I still managed to do a lot of shit though. And that I really proved myself. I really proved to myself how much I could do. Um, back then I was running some events called Bender and they're from LA. I don't do them anymore because my, uh, my coaching business has taken off so beautifully. And that's definitely my, my, my life purpose. But, um, we, yeah, I ran an event and I, I can't remember what I was fucking doing. It was a while ago now, but I was, I did a lot of shit. And I remember still being really like proud of myself. Um, it was a really hard time. So anyway, then it was hard also because I couldn't exercise. So I would just sit on my ass all day. Um, I literally do nothing. And my muscles were just like wasting away. I was so weak. Like I was so fucking weak. Um, and yeah, it was just like really shit. Anyway, it was, it was, it's actually the shittest part was the little things. I didn't miss the big things like going out with friends. I didn't miss that. I missed being able to take myself to the bathroom, being able to shower myself, um, being able to sleep on my side, being able to sleep through the night. I fucking missed being able to actually sleep. 
I would, I, I couldn't sleep for like the first month and a half. I was just always in pain and it was so fucking bad. Like so fucking bad. Um, I miss not being able to do yoga and like all those sorts of things and just being in my right mind. Uh, anyway, or even just like little things like I miss not being able to just like get myself a glass of water. Like I'm so grateful for those things now. So then I moved to, uh, I spent to, yeah, then uh, things were like healing and whatnot. And then I got this, um, I started to see this white dot on my leg and it's funny. I actually, uh, I'd mentioned it a lot after my surgery when I first saw all the scars and like the holes in my, like not the holes, but like stitches all over my leg after my first checkup, like maybe two or three weeks after surgery. Um, and I, I, my intuition was like, there's something wrong with that scar. Like what's that white dot? And everyone just kind of kept saying like, oh, it's just dead skin. It's just like scar tissue. Like it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I kept asking, kept asking. Nobody picked it up. And it took it to get swollen and inflamed for someone to then be like, oh fuck, that's an abscess in your leg. Like your body is rejecting the, um, dissolvable stitches. So long story short, I ended up getting this, like, it was basically a pimple in my scar, but it was really deep and really big. And, um, and I went to a new surgeon, obviously, cause I was in Melbourne now. And he was also, a, he was a dickhead. I will say like, he just didn't give a shit about anything. Um, you know, those surgeons, surgeons with like a really bad table, like really bad bedside manner. That was him. Um, and I had to get my abscess cleaned out. So I had this big hole in my leg and you can see it on my Instagram stories under my highlights. It literally looked like a bullet had got into my leg. It was disgusting. I could put my finger in this hole. Like I didn't even know that you could walk around with like a hole in your leg, but, um, they wanted to like put me on antibiotics and everything. And I kept saying to them, like, is it infected? And it was like, no, it's actually not infected. It's just an abscess. I'm like, right, well, then I'm not going to go on fucking antibiotics. And it was like, they kept saying to me like, oh, but we, you know, we want to prevent it from going, from getting infected. And in my mind, I'm like, antibiotics is going to fucking ruin my immune system, which is actually going to make me more likely for it to get infected. So fuck that. So I didn't take the antibiotics and the doctor gave them to me and I told them that I took them and I fucking didn't. Um, I was really, and don't try this at home, but like, or do, but don't fucking sue me for it. Um, I was really diligent about putting frankincense oil, like around my knee. I was keeping it so clean. I was really like, I was very, very, um, uh, like cautious of not being on antibiotics as well. So I was being very mindful of that anyway. Um, and then I went back to like every three days I had to keep going and getting the dressing changed. It was a fucking nightmare. Um, and it was also just fucking disgusting, like so fucking gross. And they were like, this is bizarre. Like this happens to old people. Like the chance of this happening to you is so fucking slim. Everything was just like the chance is so slim. The chance is so slim. Like even the way that my ACL ripped off my bone, like what the fuck? All the doctors were just like, this is out of control. Crazy. Um, so I got this abscess and then it wasn't healing like quickly enough. It actually was getting a little bit bigger and it wasn't healing fast enough. Um, and I spoke to my surgeon, Jeff, cause he was the only guy I actually trusted. And he said to me, like, look, cosmetically, if you get a surgery to close the abscess, you're going to have one neat line of a scar. But if you don't get a surgery, you're going to have a big, like 50 cent piece kind of like scar where it's like a big round, like hole kind of scar. And I was like, that's disgusting. And he was like, and you know, I'm worried because your knee isn't getting straighter. At this point, I remember learning to walk again. Fuck, that was a whole other thing. I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to walk again. I just thought I was going to, like, remember. I couldn't walk again. Like, I, when I was eventually allowed to start coming off my crutches, I um, and I healed in record time. They said that I wasn't going to be able to start walking until 
three, like I wasn't going to be able to get off my crutches until three months after the surgery, but it was about two and a half. Um, and my surgeon was very surprised that I was able to like start getting, start learning to walk again. But it was so challenging to learn to walk. Like you had to retrain your whole mind. Um, and then running was a whole other thing. Um, and even still, I'm not like a great runner or anything now. I still need to like practice that. Um, but, 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 so yeah, I, I ended up, um, I wasn't able to straighten my leg very much and it was, there was a lot of scar tissue and, um, and my leg was really stuck at this like funny bend and I could not straighten it no matter what we tried with rehab and everything. So Jeff, my initial surgeon was actually like, look, if you have the surgery, can they also break your scar tissue? Only if the surgeon's ever done this before. And what that means basically is whilst I'm asleep, they will bend my leg so it's fully bent and then straighten it so it's fully straightened. And what it does is it actually tears all of your scar tissue, which can help it then like dissolve and naturally get rid of, which was just disgusting. So I ended up opting for the surgery because I also really wanted to move to Sydney. Um, and my mum was like, I'm not fucking letting you move to Sydney with this hole in your leg. Fair enough. So um, I opted for that. So I had the surgery and um, this surgeon was, a, I had to have a different surgeon because my initial surgeon with the shitty bedside manner was then like, oh, sorry, I can't do it. I'm going to go away in two weeks. I don't want to be responsible for you. Probably ethical, but also pissed me the fuck off. So I had this other surgeon that I thought was like nice and good. But again, I could tell I just like didn't vibe with him. Um, and then, uh, for the day of my surgery, I had my amazing kinesiologist come in and she like did, um, kinesiology on me and everything like that. Um, I had to have a catheter when I was in hospital in, uh, Lake Tahoe because, oh yeah, I didn't mention this bit. I thought it was going to be a bit jumpy after my surgery for seven hours. My, my system wasn't turning back on. Like I was awake, but my, my, like my bowels weren't working. So for some reason I couldn't pee and I couldn't poo and it was, it they left me for about five hours after surgery as like, okay, we can leave you for this long and then it's going to get dangerous because your bladder could explode basically. Um, and I really, I was, I remember sitting like this, they, they brought me like one of those, what are those toilets called that are like, um, like movable, whatever they're called. And my mum sat on the floor for like an hour and a half holding my leg up in the air and me trying to shit. Um, and her just like sitting next to me holding my leg cause I'm trying to poo and it wouldn't like nothing was happening and it was so fucking it was so scary and like maybe the doctors weren't scared because i said it before but i was so scared of like oh my god have they fucked my body and i'm not going to be able to like go to the bathroom again um and so eventually they had to use a catheter which was so fucking traumatic like so traumatic um and I, they also then i couldn't pull that i had to shove a pill up my bum to make me poo, which was very unpleasant. Um, and uh, I mean, luckily I did the catheter because I, so there was something like two liters or something or other in my bladder because I kept drinking water cause I was so dehydrated, but like it wasn't coming out of me or like the, the drugs make you really thirsty. So I kept drinking a lot of water anyway. Um, so I had a lot of trauma from my bladder and my kinesiologist picked that up and that's why I actually got the abscess on my leg. It was like the trauma that was being stored on my body. Um, so anyway, we were like doing kinesiology. My fucking surgeon just barges in. I was in a shared room as well and the people in the, in the other shared room were like screaming and crying and it was just really traumatic for me and they wouldn't move me. It was a, it was a private hospital and it was the worst one I've ever fucking been to. What was it called? Uh, it was in Armadale and it was across from like the Melbourne orthopedic 
like whatever that building is. It's like a house kind of building with all the like orthopedic surgeons. It's, it's a hospital across the road. I can't remember what the name is, but don't fucking go there. It was so shit. It was so bad for a private hospital, like horrendous. Um, and like, oh my God, it was so bad that I was telling the nurses what to do. Like, that's how bad it was. One of them kept like one of them nearly gave me the wrong fucking drug and I had to double check of like, whoa, 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 what are you putting in my arm? And then I was like, no, I finished all courses of my antibiotics, something rather like this. I can't remember it fully. And like, she didn't even know, like it was really fucking terrible. Um, so then my surgeon came and we had like, cause I was like yelling at him because I fucking like, he was not respecting me at all. Um, and then, uh, I went down to surgery and this was the worst bit. So, like, I actually can't believe this fucking happened. I wish I knew the fucking surgeon, like, the doctor's name that did this because it was so fucking wrong. You should get kicked off whatever it's possible to get kicked off with. I don't know. Um, I forgot. I'm sure many of you probably, probably, probably relate, especially the women listening to this. I've got quite small veins. And when I'm stressed, they really get small. Um, so whenever I'm in hospital, which has been many fucking times, they have to put the um, – once they put the needle in, they have to put, like, whatever drug they're putting in my system so fucking slowly, like snail pace, because otherwise it is excruciatingly painful for me. So I said to the guy that was giving me the anesthesia the – the anesthesia the, the anesthetic? The anesthetic. Um, please make sure that when you, put the, when you put the anesthetic in the needle that it's so slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and um, and he starts to put the, anest- the anesthetic in, and I start screaming, like, slow down. Like, it was so painful. Like, screaming, guys, screaming, and he wouldn't slow down. So last thing I remember before, like, being knocked out, basically, is screaming in pain and nobody listening to me. And it was really fucking scary. Um, and it's also scary because like they showed me pictures afterwards and I'm like basically fucking unconscious on this bed and they're taking pictures of my leg fully bent and fully straightened. And I'm like unfucking conscious. Like you have to put, you have so much trust in these surgeons. So when they like, when they break that trust, it's really scary. Anyway. So I felt, I actually thought it was going to be like, I thought that I would get out of the surgery and my knee would feel like kind of fine. It did not feel fine. It felt like someone got in a hammer and just hammered the fuck out of it. I didn't realize that tearing the scar tissue was going to be so fucking painful, but it was. So then I had to go back on crutches, which I was destroyed about when he said to me back on crutches. I actually didn't listen to him. I didn't go back on crutches. Uh, I like was doing one crutch. I did. I think I did crutches for one day and then I was like, no, nah, fuck this. Um, because I had like learned to walk again and I was like, I was not going to stop learning to work. I wasn't going to, I couldn't walk fully properly. I was like limping, but I was able to at least walk without crutches. And I was like, fuck no, I am not going back on those things. Hell no. I'm not like reversing all the hard work that I'd done. Um, anyway, and what was I going to say? Um, so I had that surgery healed from that. Um, Oh yeah. They didn't find any staff or anything, um, infectious, but he wanted me to go on like a 14 day course of antibiotics. And of course I went on the first, so they put me on, um, IV antibiotics, which is actually a lot better for your gut because, um, when you take oral antibiotics, it, it fucks your gut. But when you take, um, the IV, it doesn't as much. So I was happy with the IV antibiotics and they were like, you have to take like two days, something or other at home. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but antibiotics fucks my brain. Like I am crazy on antibiotics. I just like cry for no apparent reason. I remember sitting at the table one time and I was just sitting at the table doing nothing. And I just bawled my eyes out for no reason. Um, anyway, and then I went back for a checkup and they were like, yeah, they didn't find any staff, but I want to put you on a, uh, no, they found staff, but they found the one that we all walk around with. It's like the, what's it called? It's, it's the name of it. It's the one that you walk around with. Like we have it all over us. Like it's all over us all the time. It's not the bad one. 
but he wanted to put me on another course of 14 day antibiotics and I just took them and didn't fucking take them. I was like, fuck that shit. I did herbs instead. And again, was just really mindful. I was just putting frankincense like around my knee, not on it, but like around it and just being really aware of it and just monitoring redness and that sort of stuff. And it was all fucking fine. And of course he's like, after the 14 days, I was like, yeah, I'm so glad that I put you on that extra dose of antibiotics. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, fucking whatever. Um, and then I got my stitches out, which was so fucking painful. I was like screaming in the doctor's office getting those stitches out because they didn't do dissolvable ones that time because I had a reaction to them the first time. Um, anyway, and so then um, then that happened and I thought, okay, this is the end. Amazing. It wasn't the end. So I moved to Sydney. Actually, no, I was already in Sydney. I flew back for the surgery. Then I went back to Sydney once I was better. Um, I met my amazing physio and he um, also became a good friend and um, and and then not a good not a good friend. I and mean, that's a whole other story. Um, what was I going to say? So I started doing physio and fuck, nobody told me how hard this was going to be. Um, I started doing physio and I had to do like, you know, the usual, the weights, the dry needling, the fucking massage and my God, the stress that my body was under for the past two years has been just incomprehensible. Because, you know, even when you're getting a massage and someone's fucking elbowing you, I'm, like, fucking convulsing on the table because my my muscles are so tight, you know. And it was – it's also the frustration. The frustration was really hard to deal with. Um, so that was really big as well. Um, and, you know, the emotional turmoil of going through rehab, there'd be times where we'd be, like, in the gym and I would just look at him. And I think also because he was, like, a friend, I, there was that, like, safety component um, to it. And I would just, like, start bawling. Like I'd just be, and he could just, he could just tell and he'd be like, it's fine. Like, it's fine. I'm like, no. And I would just, there'd be points where I would just want to like give up and be like, fuck this. I'm done. Like I can't do anymore. Um, I was so frustrated and I was also very frustrated because a lot of moves that I was trying to do with rehab stuff would cause my shin so much pain from the metal in my leg. I had a lot of metal in my leg. I had three or four plates and 11 screws. It was a lot. If you look on my highlights, you can see the x-rays of with all the metal in it. It was a lot. Um, so that rehab was really fucking challenging and it got to a point where I got a lot of opinions and I went with my gut of, I need to get this fucking metal out. I need to get this metal out of my fucking leg. Um, because it was just certain things where we basically figured out like the way that your muscle on your quad or whatever, don't quote me on this, wraps around below your kneecap. It went, it was going over my metal. So every time that I would use my hamstring, um, yes, yeah, hamstring. Every time I would use my hamstring and bend and straighten it whilst using it, let's think like bridges, like, you know, those Pilates bridges, those sorts of things. Um, I would have excruciating pain because the muscle was literally gr- like, was like rubbing over the metal, like not fucking pleasant. Right. So then I had to have another surgery to get all the metal out. And, um, this was this year in March, so 2019, Actually, this might be coming out for some of you in 2020. Um, 2019 in March is when I – around then I got the the next surgery. Um, I flew to like – I'd been in like Tahoe recently in like February or something rather and went to go see a Jeff for a checkup and he was like, everything is great, but like, yeah, you need to get you need to get the fucking metal out. Like it's definitely going to help you. There was also maybe a little bit of a meniscus tear he said in there, like there's other, some other things. Oh, yeah, I also had like horrendous ankle pain, like out of control. And I'd always keep getting my physio or any friends to keep pulling my ankle. And they'd be like, what the fuck? And they'd pull it and it was just like – all this air would explode out of it. It was disgusting. Um, so I, it turned out that I had sprained my ankle like three, like a third degree sprain in my ski boot and no one had picked up on it. 
um, which is fair enough because the focus was, was on my knee. Anyway, and um, and like they kept asking me, like, do you have a sore ankle? And it was like, no, because the the, the ratio of pain between ankle and knee was like, fine, it does happen that you can sprain your ankle or break your ankle in your ski boot, but it's rare. So they obviously like weren't concerned about it. Um, so then I had my third surgery um, where I got my, all my metal out and I saw an amazing surgeon and fuck, I can't remember his name. His name is Brian, Brian Devitt, Bri- Brian Devitt, Devitt, Devitt or Devon, Devitt. I think it's Devitt. Dr. Devitt, Dr. Devon, oh, Brian Devon, Brian Devitt in Melbourne. Um, fucking amazing. Like this dude, the best bedside manner, so fucking lovely. Like I just wanted to fucking like hug him. Like he was just so awesome. Um, and he, I saw him. I loved his vibe. He was so like, he was just like that dad vibe that you just want when you're in these scenarios, like when you're being a really vulnerable. Um, and so I had that, that's that next surgery went really well. They didn't actually think they were going to be able to get all the metal out because it was in such tricky places. He was going to just be able to get out. He thought he would just be able to get out like a few of the main screws and then, um, two of the plates and not the third one of the plates he said is was behind my knee and like it was definitely not causing any of the problems but the other two he could see how it was causing problems so he's going to take those out and he ended up actually like when he opened oh no and he was going to scrape out some of the scar tissue because it was just so horrendous and then lo and behold um he opens up my actually the funny thing is that one of the i'll tell you that in a second actually he opens up my knee in the surgery and they had to double check my files and my age because the amount of scar tissue that was in my knee was something for some like which should have been like a 50 year old obviously like I carry a gene where I create rapid scar tissue or something like that you know but also I had a major surgery so I obviously was going to have a lot of scar tissue in there and I couldn't move it for so long um they said the scar tissue was just out of fucking control it was like like he said no wonder you couldn't straighten your fucking leg or bend it properly it was like there was ropes between all of your like gaps in the bone or whatever like where you have that movement where there should be like space and like healthy fluid or whatever um there was like ropes of just fucking scar tissue like it was out of control he said it was just like i opened up your knee and your whole knee was just covered in this thick scar tissue he actually showed me pictures that he took afterwards uh, like he took it like after after the surgery he showed me pictures that he took in the surgery and i was like what the fuck it was disgusting um funny thing was though that very occasionally physios will actually um i was in melbourne at this point uh, like I'd come back for the surgery or maybe I'd moved back. No, I'd come back. I just come back for the surgery. Um, and funny thing is like, sometimes physios will be allowed to go into surgeries very occasionally and, um, weirdest thing. So I had to obviously see a new physio in Melbourne. The physio that I ended up going into to see when she saw my knee, she's like, damn, I've fucking seen this knee before. Like where have I seen it? And she was like, holy shit. I watched your surgery. I was in there. I'm like, what are the chances? It was crazy. Anyway. Um, she was also an amazing, amazing surgeon, uh, sorry, amazing physio, um, as well. And that was in Melbourne. Um, op- oh God, Optimus, Optimus, Richmond, Bridge Road, um, was the physio that I went to anyway. And so, um, and her, oh, her name was Dawn, um, at that physio place. Anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Um, so I had that surgery and they were actually able to get all of the metal out and all of the screws, which was fucking amazing. Like, thank you universe. I actually remember so many of you were sending me, Oh God, I'm going to cry again. Fuck. So many of you were sending me these beautiful messages of like, I'm watching over you. One of my clients who was very intuitive, um, 
she said that she was doing like a prayer to she's Irish and one of the Irish like goddesses or angels or guardian or something like that um and that she had done like a blessing for me where I'm going to be in like a protective bubble and my kinesiologist had and just so many of you guys were sending me like the best fucking messages ever and it was I remember getting out of surgery and just crying in bed and I was on Instagram stories bawling my eyes out because I had so much gratitude for all of you um for all of you anyway and so I got out of that surgery and surprisingly I was able to walk like straight away it was very weird um I literally I mean they said like you know you're fine so you can like there's going to be holes in your bones but you can walk straight away and I was kind of nervous too but I actually was able to and I was meant to stay over that night in hospital and um my surgeon came to get me and he was like nope you don't need to stay overnight like you like I was showing him how I was walking and he was like you're fine go home and actually the anesthesiologist I had in that surgery as well that they, they, they were like best friends the surgeon and the anesthesiologist and he was so nice when you're over a certain age you're not allowed to get those you're not meant to get those gas masks you're meant to just just have the needle but I fucking hate needles so they actually was so nice and they said to me like no we can't do that before the surgery but he did it he like gave me a a gas mask just to like calm me down before he put the needle in and um they were just like such a dream team like I when I saw them afterwards they both came into my hospital into my hospital room I just said to them like you guys are just such fucking epic humans like thank you thank you thank you I need to send him an email as well um anyway and so then I continued on my rehab journey I was able to fucking finally like straighten my knee a bit more um it gets stiff still like if I sit for too long or if it's really hot or really cold so I definitely still get that pain um I can't sit on my heels yet but I'm getting there um so it's been a really really long road of recovery and I think I'm gonna leave the podcast episode here it's already been an hour and then fill you guys in on another one after I've gone skiing for the first time um I'm very nervous to go skiing for the first time and I'm also really excited I was thinking this morning like I was just imagining myself turning and I'm like fuck am I gonna be able to do that because my MCL is the part that scares me the most um like that's what gets kind of like triggered for one of a better word in my leg the most when I'm doing something funny um so you guys will find out shortly in regards to all of that um, I will upload another podcast very soon after this one um but yeah that's my ski accident journey and um so yeah three surgeries and it was very intense um, but my knee is okay. And it's, it, it was the thing that got me into my feminine, like that, oh, actually, no, I had to do a fucking healing work, but it was the thing that made me realize, like made me realize, fuck, like I just keep pushing. Um, and then even after I ha- had my first ski accident, I then like tore a muscle in my thumb cause I kept fucking going so quickly, even on fucking crutches. Um, so that is basically the story of my ski accident and actually just finishing off the recording of this, we arrived to um the mountains today like we came up the mountains to go skiing and I'll finish this on the second part of the um the episode where I talk about after my first time going skiing but um my fucking ski bag didn't arrive and you guys probably saw it on my Instagram story that's that's a really good example of what I was saying before of what that lady said to me um when I was like after my accident of you've had a change in your reality. So you're allowed to complain. Um, and like some people were going off of like, you got no right to complain. Like, you know, people are dying of cancer, like literally getting these messages. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not saying that I'm any worse off because I've lost my ski bag. What I'm saying is that 
it was a change in like my expectation. Like I came expecting my ski bag to be here, expecting that I could go skiing on the first day, which is pretty fair. Um, and for it not to come, it was like a why. And it's never happened before with the company. And it was just like a big fat, like, and I was just bawling my eyes out, but I'll talk about it on the next um, thingy. Cause it was a big fat, fat why of like, why is this happening again? Like what the fuck? And I know it's like surrender, surrender, but sometimes we have to just have those human moments. And that was an example of me having a fucking human moment. Um, and I want to also invite all of you guys to also make sure that you're letting yourself have those human moments and also letting other people have those human moments because just because I'm having a meltdown because of my ski bag, for example, or maybe you're having a meltdown because I don't know, the fucking shops didn't have the flavor of peanut butter that you wanted. You're allowed to have, like I was saying at the beginning, you're allowed to have those moments. You're not invalidating somebody else that has cancer. Um, by you crying over the peanut butter. It's just that sometimes we actually need to let ourselves have those human moments. And for so many of us, I actually know this for a fact, a lot of my clients will say this to me of, I feel like I don't have a place to complain because my life isn't bad enough. And that is this stupid thing that we now carry in society. It's like, well, my life isn't bad enough to complain. Almost like you then wear this badge of honor of, well, my life is now shit. Now I can complain and ask for love when actually you're allowed to ask for love and compassion and sympathy in any moment. Um, so I just encourage you guys to reflect on that and also reflect on maybe how, um, even if you watched my Instagram story and you were like, what the fuck has she got to complain about X, Y, and Z? Well, one, you don't know what goes on behind the fucking scenes of my Instagram story. Um, and two, like that's putting, that's putting an assumption on somebody else that isn't actually fair because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. One lady messaged me being like, my friend has died of cancer two days ago. You know, you've got no right to like be crying about this on your Instagram story. And whilst I have so much love, compassion, sympathy, everything for her and her friend and the family and everybody else, um, I've had people that have died from things. I've gone through things. And by me crying about my ski stuff not arriving, it doesn't mean that I'm not sending love to those that are suffering in the fires in Australia. It doesn't mean that I'm not sending love to those that are sick or in ill health. That's not what it means. And this is another example of people just really like reading into things and and creating the story in their head based on what their perception of reality is. Um, and that's not what I'm doing, you know. And, and this is important for when your friends just need to have those moments of fucking complaining. They're not saying their life is miserable. They're having a human moment. Anyway, I'm going to leave the episode here because it's been really, really long, um, but I will talk more about it in the second episode. Um, and if you're watching my Instagram stories, you'll be obviously updated with my ski bag. Um, but it wasn't actually about like it, there was, it was the principle behind it of, I was excited to come up to the mountain and ski for the first time. Like so excited. I'm working so hard on my rehab, booked an amazing holiday for myself and my parents um, and whatnot. So I'm going to leave it here. Have an amazing day. Happy new year, everybody. And I'll talk to you on part two. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you got lots of chicken nuggets out of today's episode. I would be really, really grateful if you'd be able to leave me a review and a star rating that you think is appropriate, hopefully five. And if you could share this podcast so that I can help more women live a life of flow and ease, I would be so fucking grateful. Make sure you tag me in it on Instagram so I can personally thank you because I know so many of my clients have found me literally because their friends have posted about my podcast on their Instagram story. And I just want to help as many women as possible. So by you sharing it, I would be so fucking grateful. And I'm sure your friends would be too. If you do want to welcome me, please do check out my website for all those details. And of course, you can DM me on Instagram with any other questions. If you have any podcast things you want me to talk about, 
any ideas, any feedback. I am always open to it and I always love hearing what you guys have to say. So please don't hesitate about that either. I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are. 